Welcome back, everyone, to An Examined Life. So, some brief housekeeping before I get to today's episode. Uh, As you've probably noticed, I'm experimenting with new music. I think the music fits the theme of the podcast, but if you guys have any feedback, whether you like it or can't stand it, please send me a message my way. Appreciate it very much. Additionally, the name of the podcast, An Examined Life, is prone to change. Apparently, Examined Life already exists in order to avoid any copyright issues. I'm deciding to change the name, but I'm still deciding on the new name for the podcast. So again, any suggestions from you guys would be much appreciated. On to today's episode. Today my guest is Eddie Kingsnorth. Eddie is an expat living in Brazil. He's from a town in the north of England. Eddie and I met in Buenos Aires back in 2017. Now, the reason I wanted to get Eddie on the podcast today was because he has a rather interesting story of someone who made his dreams really a reality. And as you see me mention various times in the podcast today, I find the subject to be timely for a lot of people who might be unhappy with their current situations today, either due to the pandemic or to other circumstances. So I thought his story was worth sharing. And I apologize for any latency issues that come up in the podcast, as you guys might hear. At some points, quality of the sound coming from my microphone is not that great. So I apologize again in advance for that. But I do hope you guys enjoy the conversation. I found it extremely relevant. So without further ado, I bring you guys my good friend, Eddie Kingsnorth. Maybe before we continue where we left off, it might be nice to just introduce yourself, just give a small background of who you are, where you're from, and I guess your story of why you decided to make the changes in your life that you did at that point in time and what you're doing now. What do you mean changes? What do you mean specifically? Yeah, like the you left England to go to Brazil. That's a huge change. That's like mainly, I think, what's I wanted to talk about. Yeah, so I mean, basically, the start, my name's Eddie Kingsnorth, and basically what I did is when I was 22 years old, I decided that I just didn't want to live in the UK. I'm from the UK, the north of England, in a really small town, really boring town in the middle of nowhere. So I just decided, you know, the UK wasn't for me. I kind of thought all my childhood that the UK wasn't really for me. So I decided to leave, uh, and I was looking for places, you know, where to move and Brazil was a place that I'd visited a couple of years before, and I ended up moving out here permanently, permanently, and I've been here for five, four years now, I think. So what is it? what was it about England that you didn't like? <laughs> lots of things. I mean, there's lots of good things about England, right? But some of the things, I just found it quite depressing, to be honest. Just the, the climate, it's quite grim. Uh, you know, it's kind of, for me, in my personality, when it's sunny and warm outside, I feel like, much much better you know i kind of flourish in the hot weather whereas when it's cold and gray i kind of just gets me down a little bit so that was one of the reasons uh another thing for me is i find that i don't know if it's 
Europeans in general. I don't want to offend anyone by saying this, but it seems like British people in general, like they can have a quite a negative outlook on life, I find, uh, which is something I wasn't really aware of until I spent a year in Mexico, a year abroad in Latin America. And I noticed like the differences in the mentality between the people in Latin America and uh, in the UK. I find that people here, they tend to see the glasses like half full. Like it's actually kind of frowned upon here in Brazil to complain, which is crazy when you think about it. Like it's frowned upon amongst people to complain. Whereas in the UK, it's it's normal to complain. Even when I was living there, I found myself complaining all the time because it's normal. But the thing is, when you're around people like that all the time, you know, people kind of moaning, complaining and have a more pessimistic, fearful outlook on life. I feel that it kind of gets you down a little bit, you know, whereas the opposite also applies when you're in a place where people seem to be more positive. You know, you feel better in general. So another thing as well for me as well, Nothing for me as well as well is uh, I find that this is a weird one as well. This might sound a little bit controversial is uh, might sound very controversial actually is in Brazil, basically the government's a lot weaker than in Europe and the US. Like obviously there's a lot of corruption here and the government doesn't really have that much power over your lives because it's, it's weak because uh, obviously it's a developing country. So because of that, you know, a lot of people, would think, yeah, that's a really bad thing. In a lot of ways, it is bad. I'm not gonna, I don't want to get into politics. Like in a lot of ways, it, it is bad. But in some ways, it's, I feel it's great because I feel like you have a lot more freedom. Like I feel much freer living here than in the Euro, in Europe, in the UK. I feel that, you know, in Europe, it's like you can't say this, you can't do that, you're not allowed to do this. So many rules and regulations. Whereas here, you know, living in Brazil, it kind of feels like you can do what you want, say what you want. And for me, that's something that's really important. You know, that freedom of expression. Yeah, freedom of speech and freedom of exp expression. That makes a lot of sense. Um, before we get into politics, which I don't think we will actually, because I think... <laughs> Let's not get into politics. <laughs> I want to come back to the trip to Mexico that you mentioned. How old were you when you decided to go to Mexico for the first time? That was your first time in Latin America, right? Yeah, so I was quite young. I was 19. So basically, as part of my, as part of my university course, mm -hmm. they offered a year abroad, and it was between Spain and Mexico. And Mexico appealed to me more because obviously it's a little bit more risky going there, kind of seemed more of an adventure. Mm -hmm. So I went back in there. This was 2014 now. And I spent a year there and I just absolutely loved living there. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, since after living there uh, and then going back to the UK, it was quite hard for me to go back to the UK. And I just knew ever since, ever since I started living in Mexico that I wanted to live in Latin America that I didn't mm. want to live in Europe again. I kind of just knew that as soon as I started living there. Was this before or after your stint in the military? <laughs> My stint in the military was like a month. Yeah. That was afterwards. Yeah. So, afterwards. <laughs> so for, for, for <laughs> listeners who don't know, Eddie actually uh, spent a month in the British uh, Royal... I don't know what the military is called over there, but you thought that was going to be your path and you really were determined to be a soldier pretty much, right? 
I wouldn't go as far as saying that, to be honest. I mean, basically what it was, I was at a time in my life where I was a little bit lost. I think mm-hmm. everyone goes through phases like that, right? Yeah. So it was my second year in university, just kind of felt a bit depressed. University wasn't really for me. I think for some people, you know, university is the perfect environment for some people. Whereas mm-hmm. for others, you know, other people don't enjoy it as much. I didn't enjoy university that much, to be honest. But whilst I was there, I was looking for, you know, some ways to kind of add more meaning to my life, to yeah. you know, to meet more people, just something that would give me a bit of a purpose. And, you know, I think a lot of people who are in the situation, they see the military as something that could offer, you know, like a offer them something, some kind of fulfillment in their life. So I joined this military and man, I think within three weeks, a month, I think I enjoyed the first weekend because it was, you know, the recruitment, nothing too serious. Mm. But after that, the second weekend in, I was like, this is not for me at all. You know, just like people shouting at each other, you know, like these guys who kind of felt like they were enjoying, you know, having the power to just boss people around. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really for me. I think, yeah, for some people, I think it can be a great career path. Like I don't want to say, you know, say it's a bad thing in general because for some people it's the perfect path. Right. But I think a lot of people who do decide to join in the military, it's, to join the military they do because they're in a they're feeling a little bit lost you know then might not be in the best best situation and they think you know that the military is going to solve all their problems and i think if you're going in with that mindset mm-hmm. you know that you think the military is going to be something amazing that's gonna you know for some people it is but i think for a lot of people it can be a bad decision uh joining the military and for me a hundred percent I'm so glad I didn't continue there. I think it would, I'm so happy, but I'm glad I tried it. I'm glad I've seen what the lifestyle was like there, but it's definitely not for me. I think they market a lot towards those types of people who may be lost in their lives or are searching for meaning. And those are the exact type of people that the military looks towards. And they they offer meaning towards these people who, who are maybe unhappy in their careers or have just gone through some sort of big event in their lives, a big change, and they need some sort of structure. I know from personal experience, you know, I've spoken with you about this, but I was thinking about joining the military as well over the past couple of months as someone who also had felt a little bit lost. But I think really, I think you hit at something that I wanted to talk about in this episode, which is this path towards meaning in 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 our lives in general. And I would say that the move you made is quite unconventional to to move from England to Brazil. A lot of people they'll see some like somebody like your story and they'll they'll think, "Oh, that's so cool. I wish I could do that." Yet they'll just go back to their office jobs in Manchester or, you know, Berlin, wherever, and they'll go about complaining like you had just mentioned before. And they don't really do anything to change their lives and I'm what I'm trying to get at here is like how how can I know it sounds a little bit cliche but how do you make this this dream you know this just this idea of living in an exotic country really a reality and what's really stopping most people from doing that you know I I was just speaking to somebody today that I'd met in, on my trip to Brazil 3 years ago and they live in Liverpool and they're like oh yeah those were the best days of my life and I'm I'm just questioning like why don't you just move there then like why do you choose to 
to live in a place like that. And I'm just wondering out loud why a lot of people don't make this move because I think they're just stuck in the comfort zone. And I think their culture is what's most familiar to them, even though they're perhaps not that happy with it. But that's why I wanted to get you on the podcast and just really talk about this like unconventional move you made to Brazil because that that's a big bold step you you know you have to take out of the comfort zone it's it's not something that everybody can do that easily yeah maybe we should talk about that now like the move to brazil and what that was like for you because you said you had been traveling around south america and then before you actually decided to move to brazil permanently correct yeah so basically how it worked as i said i had that year in mexico right which was almost like a taster for me I had the year in Mexico, which I was lucky to have that opportunity from the university to, you know, to test out what life would be here. And I know a lot of people don't get that opportunity, but I don't think that's an excuse not to not to do it. So I spent the year in Mexico that I came back. And then I think because I'd had that taster, uh, you know, in South America, I'd loved it so much and didn't enjoy being in the UK just because of that. I really, really I was so focused, like super focused on you know, moving back. As soon as I went back to the UK, I was saving every penny I got. I was working on a farm, literally cleaning up duck, duck crap on a farm because it was the only job I could find to earn money to move back. So I was literally would do anything to, to move back out here. Uh, but moving back to your question on why most people don't, don't do it. I mean, it's a little bit of a tough one, right? Because everyone's different. I think in my situation, the desire to move out was stronger than the, the fear of whether it would go wrong, if that makes sense. So I think that's one thing is getting that desire. And I think maybe traveling in, uh, you know, traveling in South America, I think a lot of people, as you said, they do it. They travel here even for a couple of weeks and they love it here. And, you know, once they've got that desire, a lot of people fail to, to act, on, act upon it. I think one of the main reasons why people don't move here is obviously fear. I think, you know, there's this people, you know, a lot of people in their comfort zone back at home and, you know, life might not be that bad. It might be, it might be okay. It might be amazing. Sorry, not amazing. It might be okay. It might be good on paper, but they might not be a hundred percent satisfied, but it seems like everyone's doing that. You know, this is what society says you have to do is you have to, you know, work in a company buy a house when you're young, you know, have kids, whatever, settle down with the girl or, or man in case you're a, you're a woman. But I mean, it's, you know, for people like that, I think the status quo is kind of what defines what people are going to do. Uh, so I think in that situation, it's just, you know, expanding your horizons a little bit, seeing the possibility. And I think it's not until you read about it and you meet other people who who moved abroad that you see that it's possible a lot of people just don't think it's possible they say oh it, it for other people it's fine but it's not for me if that makes sense i think and i'm not saying also that everyone has to move to latin america you know i don't want to be the guy who's like saying you know life's so much better here you have to move here because that's not true but i think there's a lot of people in europe who are you know doing a steady job have a kind of you know an average life who would be so much happier here yeah, I, I totally agree with a lot of points that you just made, especially with fear really controlling 
I'd say not even fear, it's an anxiety or to make that sort of leap into a new culture, a new country, a new career move, like the uncertainty of what that would bring, whether you like it or not, is really what causes a lot of people to just choose, uh, you know, bland weather, complaining, you know, this is a culture that I'm familiar with. I'll choose this over the uncertainty of moving to a place like Brazil because I'm unfamiliar with, or I've only experienced that for a week or two at a time on vacation. It's a bit of a risk, you know, a risky move. And for a lot of people, society or parental pressure has a lot of influence on the decisions you make. I I wanted to come back to a point you made and ask you, what did your parents really think of your decision to move to Brazil at the time or to move to South America? Because I, I know a lot of people, they experience a lot of influence from their parents on their career decisions and where they end up living either inadvertently or on purpose. But a lot of people, they would like to make their parents happy and have a well-paying job and have a wife and kids and, and continue, you know, the family legacy. So to, to abruptly change that is something that would make a lot of parents disappointed or unhappy. I, I just wanted to hear more from, from, your, from your end. What, what did your parents really have to say at the time when you told them, hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm, I'm moving to Brazil? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they were very shocked. I think it's something that obviously they didn't really approve of. Uh, you know, if I'm being honest, I think they'd obviously rather I stayed in the UK and, you know, got a well-paid job there because obviously that reflects on them. They, I think a lot of it with parents is, you know, if their son's successful, son or daughter successful, has a very well-paid job, uh, you know, it reflects on them. They're a great parent, they're successful, you know. So I think, you know, obviously... Uh, I think my parents wanted me to stay, but at the same time, you know, my mum always says if she's she's happy, if I'm happy, and she saw that I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't necessarily depressed. I was a little bit depressed, but I wasn't, you know, suicidal or anything. But she knew that I wasn't really happy living in the UK. So the fact that I moved to Brazil was following what I loved, was living in the place I loved, and was you know had a fulfilling lifestyle she that makes her happy uh, and I think the same with my dad I mean my dad's a little bit more reserved on this thing I think he was more skeptical of the idea at first so obviously he thought it was risky thought that you know people who I think a lot of parents have this idea that if you move to Latin America or you move anywhere uh, you know you're kind of just this backpacker guy working in hostels dossing around you know not really in reality so I think a lot of people think that. And, you know, my dad spoke to me a couple of times about it, saying, I'm really worried about you. You know, you're, you know, you're kind of drifting away, drifting between places. You're not really uh, doing anything with your life. And, you know, like obviously I took it on board. But at the same time, I think that I think you've just got to be true to yourself. You've got to, you know, you've got a goal in your head that you want to do this. Once you commit to that, you've got to just power through it. You have to, you know, there's always going to be people who don't who don't believe in you, don't agree with what you're doing. There's always going to be that. And I don't think you've got to try and please everyone. I think you've got to do, stay true to yourself. Do what you want. That's going to make you most happy. And, you know, the thing as well, you can all, I almost used it as fuel on the fire. I mean, obviously my case wasn't extreme, but I, I imagine with some people who have got quite strict parents who you know, would really disapprove of that, it's almost use that rebellious streak in you a little bit, you know, to fuel 
fight, you're doing something that's uh, unconventional, you do something that's risky and, you know, embrace it. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Just being, I guess, bold and I'm not sure if reckless is the right word here, but willing to take risks and that will pay off in the end. Because, I mean, most people in the end choose the path of least resistance in, in their lives and they'll choose the safe career, the safe lifestyle overall, because that's what they're familiar with. But, you know, when you say, when you say you know, listen to yourself, what, what do you want in life? I think it's, it's becoming really difficult for people to really distinguish what they like versus what society is telling them to like. I, I touched on this in one of my podcast episodes, but verse, like I talked about information and what your interests are. And a lot of people are, tend to think that what they want is something like what their parents really want from them, becoming a doctor or a lawyer or growing up to be an astronaut or anything like these career choices that, that people will suggest to you and, and, and say, hey, I think you'd be a good so-and-so. But it's really, it's, it's tough to just blend out the noise and to really listen to yourself and, and say, hey, what do I want to do? And then act on that like you did to, to really say, okay, I, this time in Mexico, you know, really left a mark on me. I love Latin American culture and I only have the short time on this planet. Why not? Why not just take the risk and, and go do it? So, yeah, I think one point that's worth mentioning as well, I think, you know, Obviously, it is a scary decision, so you tend to think emotionally, but I think it's worth just, you know, kind of stepping back a little bit from your emotions and, you know, actually weighing the risk properly. And I think also you've got to think about it. I mean, if you've got a wife and kids, uh, you know, it's a little bit different. It is going to be a bit hard. It's still not impossible. But I think if you're someone, you know, if you're a single, uh, you know, if you're young and single and want to move abroad, it's there's not a huge risk, really. I mean, for me, the the biggest risk literally was, you know, financially. I'd saved, uh, I think, around £8,000, uh, you know, before I came, which is actually more than enough you need to move out here. So I'd saved that money. And worst case scenario, what, what would have happened? I would have gone out. I wouldn't, wouldn't have found a job. I uh, wouldn't have found a place. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to stay and had to come back and go back to where I was. Like, that's the worst situation. And at least in that situation, I could have said, oh, at least I tried. I gave a shot of, you know, doing what I wanted to do. It didn't work out, but at least I tried. And for me, that's actually a lot better than not trying at all. And then also, I think, you know, if you've, a lot of people say, oh, I've got this really well-paid job. I can't, you know, I've got so much at home that I can't risk losing everything. But I mean, at the end of the day, even with your job, you know, if you've got a good amount of experience with work, it's not going to be too hard to find another job if it didn't work out and you had to go back. It's not like that's it. You know, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. I think it's important to have a, you know, an abundance mindset in this thing. Just, you know, it is a risk. Yes. But if it doesn't work out, the worst situation is you go back and you're back to where you were. You know, you're going to find another job. It's not going to be the hardest thing in the world. if You've got the right qualification and experience. And at least you can go back. You've had a great time and, uh, you know, you've given it a go. 
Yeah, the, the worst decision is really no decision at all. In the end, if like you said, if you go there, find out that you know either the language barrier is is too high, you or the culture is too unfamiliar. Like you said, it's you can make the move and go back. But what you're saying, really, you you make it seem like much simpler than in that people are overthinking all of this. A move like that, given the experience, is completely p- possible and plausible for anybody willing to try it out, especially in in Europe or in the US. It, it doesn't even need to be South America. It could just be anywhere really that you've thought about living. I think I want to get back to some specifics. So why don't you just tell us what you've been doing since you moved to Brazil? Yeah, so I to be honest, this is the this was the hardest part, the hardest phase of moving out to Latin America. Uh, one of the hardest things here is finding a decent job. And I think that's one thing that puts people off. And it, it is hard, but it's not impossible. Is you know, obviously Brazil's a developing country, other Latin American countries as well. So it's harder to find a well-paid job that's gonna sustain you, especially with the language where I mean I'm lucky because I speak you know Spanish and Portuguese as well. Uh, but a lot of people, you know, they come here and they haven't learned the language yet. So it, it is a struggle. So I think you've got to, when you come here, you've got to be prepared. You've got to be patient. And you've also got to be prepared to, you know, spend a few months in not a great situation. Like when I came here, I had to work in hostels for, for I, I worked in a hostel in Brazil for two months, uh, three months actually, before I could find a job. You know, I was sat in a hostel in Rio which is fun, but it's a bit depressing at the same time. Yeah, whilst I was looking for jobs, and luckily I managed to find a job in a place in Belo Horizonte, which is one of the biggest cities in Brazil. So I found a job there, moved there, but it wasn't a great job, to be honest. I was earning, I wasn't earning a lot at all. I was earning around $600 a month, which is actually enough to survive here. But, you know, you're not going to have a lavish lifestyle. But I was just determined. I knew that, you know, these jobs aren't, aren't great but it's going to give me experience and if i carry on you know if i just keep on grinding you know keep on working keep on looking for better opportunities you know make connections something better is going to come along so it's just being persistent and luckily that opportunity did come along because i met uh in Belo Horizonte my my current business partner in and he offered me a job working at his company which is called no triangle and we work with uh the architecture market, real estate market. And uh, he's, we st- I started working for him. And ever since then, it's been great because we've uh, built a business from scratch, managed to grow that. And now we've got a, a great uh, source of income. We've got a job that we enjoy. It's great because it's, you know, we're having that entrepreneur lifestyle. We're able to do whatever we want, you know, which is great. Make our own decisions. We're learning a lot because obviously entrepreneurship is a lot of risk and you have to learn a lot which is great and uh you know it's been it's been a very rewarding experience working for this company and i think one thing i would like to to point out is i think the smartest way of looking at it if someone wants to move to a developing country you don't have to uh you know work for a company in that in that country you can work remotely especially now with the pandemic it's only going to get easier i think you know, people are starting to realize that working remotely is feasible. So I think, you know, one thing that is smart, obviously it's not possible for everyone, but if you can live in a developing country and earn in a, you know, a strong currency like US dollars, euros, pounds, then 
you know, you're going to be living a great lifestyle because I'm here, you know, I'm not earning a huge amount, but I'm earning a, an amount that in Brazil is considered a lot of money, a good amount of money. Whereas in the UK, I would barely make in, I'd read barely scrape by in the UK with the same salary. So I think that's one thing that if people want to move somewhere, you know, it, it makes sense. Like, why would you live in the, the US or UK and have a you know, struggle to get by to make ends meet where well, you can have that same salary live in a developing country and you know live very well yeah the marginal cost of living yeah making a western salary while living in a developing country really seems to be the best way to go for somebody who moves to a country like yours like brazil or somewhere else in south america so what do you what have you been doing now like during I guess the pandemic months So since the pandemic uh yeah well <laughs> I was in Sao Paulo living in Sao Paulo for two years and uh you know since the pandemic we thought you know not big cities aren't really the great uh a great place to be right now obviously with the pandemic so I was with my friend another friend here who's from New Zealand who was actually in a similar situation to me, you know, he's, he was living in the UK, didn't like it. And he took the leap to move out here as well. And it's, it's paid off for him. Uh, but we decided to move to a small town on the coast in Santa Catarina, which is the South of Brazil. So we've been here around 10 months now. And, uh, you know, we thought again, it's why would we stay in a big city if we don't have to, we can work remotely. Uh, so we thought, you know, we're going to move somewhere on the coast and, somewhere nice uh, so we've been moving here we've been living here for around nine ten months now and it's you know it's obviously it's not the most exciting lifestyle because we're in a small town uh you know there's not that much going on socially but uh you know it's been great given the situation given the quarantine it's been a great place uh you know living on the beach i've been able to learn to surf which is great it's something that i've always wanted to do and you know i think it's also important to have that uh if you can have a healthy lifestyle, do a lot of exercise, spend a lot of time outdoors, I think, yeah, it has a huge benefit on mental health. Work's been going well, which I'm really happy about. You know, we've managed to do quite well during the pandemic. Uh, also, I've been focusing on uh, meditation and yoga, which are things that I've been doing a bit before, but uh, you know, I hadn't been able to dedicate that much time to it before, but I finally managed to spend a lot of time that which has had a huge difference uh, to my lifestyle and yeah I think the pandemic I think for a lot of people I mean for everyone it's it's been tough like I've gone through phases where I've been feeling quite depressed obviously because you know you can't, it's hard to meet people dating's very hard uh, at the moment so it's you know it's not the easiest situation but I think you've got to try and see the positive every situation so for me one thing that's been great is being able to you know, live on the coast have, find a hobby that i really enjoy you know focus on things that i didn't have time to do before i want to be mindful of everyone's time because we've been speaking for i think a little more than 30 minutes now but uh, i wanted to bring this into the end zone the classic question that they tend to pose at the end of these type of interviews is like if you could really speak to your fellow countrymen uh, back in England or wherever in cold country in, in the world and just give them a recommendation, somebody who's perhaps thinking about making a, a big leap to an exotic country like Brazil, what would you tell them? 
Yeah, I mean, first things first, I don't want to say it's the right choice for everyone. You know, some people living in the UK might be the perfect choice for some people, but for a lot of people it isn't. And I think if you're in that situation, you've got to really question the status quo. I think that's the most important thing. So don't be a sheep, you know, don't, uh, don't just follow whatever society says. Don't do what you know, your family thinks, right, what your friends do. Don't just copy other people. You've got to think to yourself, what do I really like? Where do I want to live? And, you know, follow that. Try and be bold. It's obviously easier said than done, but be prepared to take risks. And let's say you don't know where to go. A lot of people don't know. They might think I'm fed up with my job, fed up with my current situation. I want to, you know, I want to change my life. So I think in that situation, I think what I do is, you know, if you could manage to save money, which is an important aspect, is just, you know, just, just buy a ticket and go somewhere. Like it really is as simple as that. Just you don't need to overthink it. It's not something you need to plan for months and you know needs to be perfect. It's something if you've got funds, then just buy a ticket and you know, hand your notice in in your job. And with and with a lot of jobs as well, I mean a lot of jobs would take you back also in a year or so's time. I'm sure a lot of jobs would be happy taking you back. So what I do is, you know, hand your notice in, buy a plane ticket and just, you know, try somewhere spend a couple of months in a place, see how it goes, maybe work in a hostel and try different things and figure out if you like, if you don't like it, try somewhere else, move to another place for a couple of months, see how it is. Again, just keep trying a few places. And if you might not even enjoy it, you might live somewhere else and think, hang on, I actually prefer living in the UK. But I think most people, honestly, especially single men, you know, I think if they come to Latin America, the lifestyle they're going to have here is going to be much, much better than somewhere like the UK or a lot of European places, you know, for the fraction of the cost. So I think most people who do come here, they do want to stay. Like I don't meet many people who come here and hate it. I think the other thing as well, it's so important, which is again, uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but learn the language. Like it's so, so important if you're moving. That's one good thing about Latin America is, you know, obviously Spanish and, Portuguese are the only languages so if you want to move somewhere just you've got to commit to that language you've got to I think this is something we could maybe discuss on another podcast Mark but uh, I think you know if you moving abroad the language is so important yes there are people who speak English but if you really want to you know not feel like an outsider blend into the culture feel at home because you don't want to be alienated then I think learning the language is so important. That's something you can actually start doing before before you even make the move. Yeah, I totally agree, man. And I think you're absolutely right. Like we'll have to discuss all this and more on another podcast episode because I think there's a lot of points that we haven't even gotten to yet. And I think this is a really timely and interesting topic that's super relevant for a lot of people who find themselves in situations like unhappy careers or countries, cultures that they're, they're not happy with anymore. And I think it's really encouraging to hear stories like yours where you really made it happen and you didn't overthink it and you just made that move. And it's, um, it's inspirational for other people, you know, to really follow in your steps and do something similar. So I think we'll bring this one in the end zone. I wanted to ask quickly, are, so linguist lifestyle, are you still doing that? Is that still active? Yeah, so that goes on to what you were just saying now is like me helping people, inspiring people to do 
made decisions that were similar to mine is something that I really enjoy doing. So if there's any listeners out there who do, uh, who are kind of thinking, you know, this could be something that they're interested in. I'd love to help if you want to send me a message or on WhatsApp or Mark put me in touch with you. I'm really happy to help because it's something I enjoy. And Where can they find you on online on linguistlifestyle.com or do you have a website? Yeah, linguistlifestyle.com. So basically that was a blog I started a while back, you know, writing about this stuff, trying to, you know, inspire people to and help people who are thinking about moving to Latin America. It's been a bit, it's been on hold a little bit recently just because I've been very lazy with it. If I'm going to be completely honest, that this blog is something that I'm meaning to get back up and running and, you know, if, if there's anyone out there who needs help, needs to chat, just wants to chat, feel free to message me. I'd love to help out. Cool, man. Well, really, thank you so much. Been a really good friend of mine ever since we met in Argentina and super inspiration to me. Also, I think you could be a huge inspiration to people listening out there, anybody who hears your story. Thanks again. Is there anything else you wanted to add? I think that's it for now. I mean, I'd love to do another Definitely podcast at some point. There's lots of other things. For I'd sure. Like to talk. There's, there's so much to cover here, and I'd love to do another one of these. It's always great talking to you. For anybody interested, you can find Eddie at linguistlifestyle.com. Also, if you are interested in hearing more about his story, feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram or LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you can find me. So everyone take care, and thanks again. Thank you.